Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. And welcome back to Shouts of Grace Radio. This is Pastor Keith Radke here with Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church. And uh, we talked a little bit about this last time, Pastor Steve, that uh, Redemption Hill is sending us uh, to start River Community Church in the Salt Lake County. And uh, we're really excited about that. But more than that, I have to tell you, I'm very appreciative of our friendship, of what God has done in our lives just as brothers. Um, I wish everybody could have someone like what we have, you know, someone to to bounce things off of something. You know, I can say things to you and, and, you know, there's no judgment there. There's a safe conversation that we can have about all sorts of different issues. And I, and I hope that it's the same for you. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm very thankful for what God's done. And I think the radio shows uh, a product of that. I think mm. the ministry uh, venture that we've been on together and, and where we see God taking both of us is the fruit of being a good fellowship and friendship with one another. And, and I just, I want to say thanks. Oh, that's awesome. And, and you know, I've, I've said this to the to our congregation. You've heard me say it before. Is I think I think people need three specific outlets in their life. Uh, number one, they they should always have somebody who's pouring into them, someone who's a mentor, someone they can go to, who they you know who's who I always say is a couple miles down the road in life than right. they are, who can kind of give them bits and pieces of wisdom. And hey, I've made this failure, and then we always um, need to have someone who's a side by side, an iron sharpening iron type of situation where we're walking through life together and we're kind of at the same pace, and we're like, hey, what do you think? And you know, we're growing from one another. And then of course, there's always needs to be that outlet where we're pouring into someone, and and you definitely are are that iron. Sharpening sharpening iron for me. You know, I, I, I see that, um, I see that as, uh, that which, you know, David had said of, of Jonathan, that their, that their souls were knit together. Mm-hmm. I think there's a commonality. Um, you know, you've been at Redemption Hill, you, you're one of our elders, um, you know, we're, we're laying hands and sending your team out to start River Community. We're invested in this. Um, and so I, I think that's, that's, um, that's, that's a priority in our church's life, but it's also a priority in, in mine and Trisha's life. And so you guys have been a huge blessing. And answer to prayer at a time when, when we were asking God and, and then, you know, he, he, he thrust you forward and said, here. You know, and so it's been it's been great. I've been wanting to do shouts of grace for a long time, but um, I'm 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 not a great host, and you're an amazing host. And so God said, "Here, you know." And we've been wanting to plant churches, you know, and 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 we're a new church ourselves, a little over a year, and 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 so God said, "Here." And yeah. so I think there's a there's a relationship that's forged in the in the heavens. So it's awesome. And it's really neat when you you know we were talking about this last time when we ask the Lord to align our priorities, He will put us together with people mm-hmm. that share th- those same values and they see the importance of God honoring priorities. And you know we want to be like minded with other Christians, but and, but it is rare to find. Brothers who are born for adversity, mm-hmm. iron that sharpens iron. You know those that person who will pick you up when you're down. That you can you can walk down the road together, and and that has really been um, just a, a a priceless treasure for myself mm-hmm. and for our family to to be friends with you and 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 your wife and to be a part of such a a, a healthy church where 
what does God want? That's like, that's what we're all asking. What does God want? What does God yeah. want? And the more we ask that, the more we we are in that place where we get to see him lead us mm. and, and direct us and, and give us these priorities. You know, in the last episode, Pastor Steve, you talked about one of the priorities that you've placed on your children, that, that there are things that your children are committed to that you are a part of. You're part of your son's games. Um, you have a relationship with your now adult daughter because of some things that you just decided, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make mm-hmm. this a high priority. So I thought it'd be a good idea uh, to kind of expound on that, on on what do we do as parents? Like, how do we it, not only make a good investment in our children, but help them to determine the the things that matter most? How do we mm. help our children as parents to set good priorities, to put mm. God first, and and to make wise decisions? W- what are we doing here? Mm. You know, yeah. as as parents, um, you know, kind of thoughts as as we just kind of start that conversation. Well, you're you're probably going to be a, a greater expert at this than me, since you got seven of them. You get seven rounds at it. Yeah, is, yeah I've had, <laughs> made a few mistakes, and... but I, I would say this. You know, if if we had to if we had to start with a foundation on that, I would say. Something that that some of our listeners need to hear. Um, we are their parents. Yes, that is first and foremost. We have been commissioned by God to parent them. Now, yes, part of that parenting will entail friendship. It should entail friendship. Hopefully, it entails friendship, or we're doing something wrong. But we are parents, and I guess the best uh, example we have of a parent and what the duties are is found in how God parents us, right? And 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 God's desire is not necessarily to always parent us in a way where we're happy because the truth is we are emotionally disturbed individuals because of sin. We don't know what makes us happy, and we think we know what makes us happy. There are times when I was a young man, I used to pray, oh God, if you will please give me this or give me that, and I thank God that he didn't give me that because he's a good parent. Parent, and he right. knows it would have hurt me or ruined me. And so the first thing, Keith, is I would say that that as parents, we need to place that honor and that high responsibility on parenting our children and pushing them and directing them towards the Lord, even when that means they're not happy with it or they don't like it. That can't be my first priority. If I parent out of their selfish needs and desires, I am catering to their depravity and I am not pushing them to the Lord. I am pushing them towards chaos in their life. They need to know there is a standard and that standard is the love that comes from a parent pushes them towards what God's will and God's desire is. And unfortunately, a lot of times what happens is children, and particularly as they grow up, right, they begin to hold the parent hostage right. for what can happen if the parent doesn't capitulate to what it is that they want or they need. And when that happens, Keith, you actually have a deconstruction of the family unit rather than something that's moving towards godliness. So what you're saying is is that if my kid is asking me to eat Fruity Pebbles, watch cartoons, and skip school every day, and I say no, I'm actually being a good parent. <laughs> yeah, you're being that's a that's a great example. I would <laughs> I would even take it a step further. You know, you you you've got a lot of teenagers and so you know, when you're a parent and you lay your kid down in your in their crib, you always wonder what they're going to be like, right. right? What are they? I mean, every parent has thought, what are they going to look like? How are they going to act? Oh dear God, please let them be in love with you. But here's the thing. As we pray that, I wonder if God's answer will be well, that is going to be up to you. 
you mm. are going to have a big you are going to have a big factor to play in how they actually turn out right and and, and i think that's true certainly where you know every kid can make their own choices but the reality is if they grow up in a culture that is loves the lord and we push mm. them that way the chances are much better that they're going to exercise their will during a time right. in their life where um, they'll actually turn towards the lord and so one of the things that every parent seems to struggle with and i don't care what culture you're in is right. when the parent when the child grows up right and they start to get into that transition age what kind of freedoms do I give them? It's it's a scary thing for a parent, right? They want friends. Do I let them hang out with those friends? Uh, they they want to drive. Where do I let them drive? You know, they want to date. Where do I let them date? God, dear God, help me or come back quickly because I don't <laughs> want to deal with these things, right? And here's the thing. You know, one of the things that we always told our kids, there, there, there's a verse in Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verses 8 and 9. Um, you know, our daughter came to us one day because the predominant culture here has rules. You can date when you're 16. That's kind of that's kind of what the parents have told their kids when you're cultural 16. Norm, yeah, yeah. cultural norm. You, you can date when you're 16. You can drive when you're this age. And and so my my daughter growing up and that came to us and she said, um, so so can I can I date when I'm 16 or when can or when when can I date or when 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 can I drive? Looking for the rule. And here's what we always told her based on that, on those section of scripture. We said, well, that's up to you. And here's what we mean by that. Not that you get to choose, but what you choose in your relationship with God and your devotion to God and the relationship that we see you have with the Lord will determine the freedoms that you have. And that is exactly what Song of Solomon chapter 8 verses 8 and 9 is talking about, where the brothers of the Shulmanite woman who becomes Solomon's wife, they're recounting when the young when she was a young girl and they're looking forward and saying, what shall we say when our sister meets this age where she wants to marry a man, you know, and, and, and then they say, well, here's what we'll say. If she is a wall, we will build a battlement of silver on her. But if she is a door, we will enclose her with cedars of plank or planks of cedars. What are they saying? They're saying, listen, her convictions in life will determine what freedom she ultimately has, right? If she is a wall, if she is solid, if she's got convictions, we're going to build on that. This is great lessons for parenting. But if she's a door, if she's on hinges, if she's easily pushed one way or the other, we're going to enclose her in. She's not going to have those same freedoms. And so for parents, one of the one of the challenges I would say is, is when it comes to this time of your, of, of your child's life, what are they? Are they a wall? Do they have convictions about mm-hmm. purity? Do they have convictions about speech? Do they have convictions about friends, right? Do they have these convictions and they're solid and they're like a wall? If they are, build on that. Right. Don't don't close them in, you know, give them give them a little at a time, but build upon that. Encourage them. Don't treat them like a criminal if they've never done anything right. to 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 break your laws, right? But really build on that. But on the other hand, Keith, if they've demonstrated that there's a lack of conviction, that they're a door, that they're very movable one way or the other, they're persuaded in areas of purity, in areas of friends, in, in, in speech, then you're going to have to let them know in a subtle way, hey, we got to enclose you because there's no convictions there and you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah, there's two things that are addressed here. The first is the issue of authority. Uh, Ted Tripp writes a book called Shepherding a Child's Heart where he talks about in the early stages of life, we're, we're really high on the authority schedule and very low on the friendship scale, right? 
right? But the older our kids get, the less authority we have and the more friendship we develop. And that authority level is determined by exactly what you talked about. It's learning each of our children's hearts Hmm. and deciding, you know, when to let them go and what we've trained them, what we've discipled them in. And that's the second thing in in Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul is giving exhortation to parents. He says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, which is great parenting Mm -hmm. advice, okay? But bring them up in the discipline or the discipleship and the instruction of the Lord. As we give our children framework and as we teach them, that's going to help us regulate the authority and friendship scale. That's that's what's going to let me know whether my child is a rock, right, Mm -hmm. and firm in conviction or whether they're a door and they need some boundaries, they need some reinforcement, so that way they're not easily swayed when the culture and when their friends and everything else comes in to influence them. And I, I really like that. I, I never saw that in Song of Solomon before, and I really like how you you drew that out, Pastor Steve, and just show us that we have to we have to get to know our kids. Mm. Like, no two kids are alike. That's right. And there are some basic guidelines to parenting, but there is a discipleship process that takes place in the life of each one of our kids. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airways with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. So the priority in parenting, I love how you started off. You said you are a parent first. I think that is probably the biggest battle for most parents, especially new parents. Maybe you're listening to this and you've got a little bundle of joy in your arms. They're about six (laughs) weeks old, maybe six months old. And you know what? They really can do no wrong. They're just a baby. They cry. They do that kind of stuff. But for the most part, this baby is the love of your life. Just wait until they're two. Wait until they're six. (laughs) Wait until they're 12. Wait until they're a teenager, right? And all of these things get challenged. So first, you're a parent. God has called you to be the authority to be the leadership, Mm -hmm. to be the primary influence in your children's lives. So embrace that. Stop Stop trying to deflect that. Stop trying to give it to somebody else. You know, um, don't be afraid of it too. Don't let our children's reluctance to obey or, or their comfort or discomfort be what regulates whether you are parenting in a way that honors the Lord and is in the best interest of the child. The next thing is that we are, as the primary influence, we are called to make disciples in the home, not just to be their authority, right. but to develop them. What, what is my goal? What are my end goals for my children? And I think you gave that illustration of of those men in, in Song of Solomon as they're being protective of their sister, right? And they know, you know, young girls, they become women and they want to get married. We want to make sure that she's ready for that. And it seems like they were the primary influence in the mm-hmm. life over the parents at the time. And so is she a wall? Is she, is she strong? Does she have conviction? Or is she a door? Is she movable, easily influenced? That's going to determine how we help her, how we mentor her, how we disciple her. So let's talk a little bit about that. How do we uh, gauge where our children are out, and what are some some really basic discipleship um, tools that we can use in raising our children? So, So the first thing is, for us, we started in the crib. Mm-hmm. Meaning, meaning, you know, everyone looks at, you know, a little baby, like you had said, they're innocent and everything. And, and then they, they grow up and they become, 
you know, more of a sinner as they get older. And here's the thing. I believe that that from birth, a child has has depravity wrapped up in their heart. And there is a sin. They, they may not have experienced all the sin, but everything capable for the worst of sins is inside them. In no, Pastor Steve, my baby is not like that. There's <laughs> oh, no yes. way. So let me give you a practical example of what I mean by we started in the crib. When we put our oldest daughter, we were brand new parents. When we put our oldest daughter on a schedule, we knew that when she cried, she was hungry. When she cried, she needed to be changed. But then there was this segment when she cried for no reason. And we'd put her in her crib when she wanted to go to sleep, right? When we wanted her to take a nap. And she would stand up and cry. And then um, we would walk in the room and as soon as we walked in the room, she'd stop crying and she'd hold up her hand saying she wanted out of the crib. Now, you might think, well, it's no harm. She just wants to be held. Listen, there, there's certainly certainly consult with the Lord on how you want to do with that. But for us, we realized this is a test of our will. Mm. We're putting her down to go to bed. She knows that. And she's saying, I'm not going to sleep. And so what do we do? If we go pick her up, we are going to train her that when we know she's not hungry and know she's not sick or we know she doesn't need to be changed – we know that she wants to be held and right. we want her to go to sleep. It might seem subtle, but it started right there. And so we let her lay. She cried for about 20 minutes and she fell asleep. What ended up happening? After she saw the pattern that she's testing her parents and her parents said, no, she didn't do it anymore, right? And she started sleeping through the night at six weeks and everything was fine. Now fast forward that into the time when she was you know, four or five years old. She started testing the boundaries mm. with things like, no, I don't want to do that. We weren't okay with that. We didn't say, okay, um, if you say no again, I'm going to, you know, do you want a spanking? Do you want a spanking? Okay, that's it. Time out. We, we, <laughs> we, we never did that, Keith. We kept our word with our kids right. and said if i consistent. We stayed consistent. And they knew it was never okay to say no. Mm. We put our foot down, right? And so now when you get into the adolescent years or you get past the adolescent years, now we're in our teenage years, our kids know. They've been discipled to right. know mom and dad are your parents. And what they say in disobedience to that means bad things for you, right? Sure. And so it was consistent from the crib. If you're not consistent for the crib and you wake up one day and you got a rebellious teenager and you think you're going to start discipling them, you're going to have a hard time because you haven't kept your word the entire time. Now, God can help you through that. Don't get me wrong, and certainly with counseling, but that's the whole point, Keith, is there has to be a consistency in discipling them because here's the truth, Keith, you and I can't do what we want in this life. Yeah. We we can't we can't go and do what we want at in work. We can't do what we want in marriage. We can't we're accountable always right. and we're held to that, right? And there's and consequences. And there's consequences. And it's the same thing when it comes to discipling our kids. Mm. You know, one of the best words of advice that I've been given to just a parent just being in a kind of a moment of reality, it's like, you know, I don't want to be trained by my kids. God's mm. called me to train my children. That's right. And you see that. And then as parents, we've given into that where a child is persistent. You know, I want to watch that. I want to eat that. But the culture is helped as well. Oh, it does. Culture is very permissive. Yeah. And as parents, you know, we're dealing with our own selfishness, with our own matters of convenience and what's easy. What's the, what's the path of least resistance? And when the path of least resistance is to allow my child to do something that in the long run is developing destructive patterns mm. and character traits, then what I'm doing is I'm allowing my child to train me That's right. to be a, a, a less than stellar right. parent. Right? Answer, answer me a question on something, Keith, because this is interesting. We falling into, particularly in the last 10 years, when it comes to parenting, we have thrown our kids in front of iPads. We've thrown our kids in front of television sets. And and do you think that there is a concerted effort? Do you think there is a, a, a real poignant effort on the side of this, this wicked culture 
to train our kids completely opposite of the way we want them to be as Christians? And how is that how is that expressed? A- absolutely, yes. One of the areas that we have noticed that in our family, and, and again, we have seven kids, and, and there's stages of life where we didn't have a lot of tech. Now we have a lot of tech. Stuff so on demand and easy to, to get information to. It's always been the same, but I think all this technology has brought it to the forefront, is even on on-demand television, and you choose the child channel, right? Or if you pull up uh, YouTube on an iPad and there's a kid's app for that, they're starting to find out that that really bad people are putting really bad stuff mm. on the kid's YouTube app. And parents are just handing it to their kids and they're just like, well, it says kids on it. And the, and, and the on-demand uh, TV shows, they're, it's a kid's channel. There couldn't be anything wrong. But we've tuned in more lately and we've noticed on on this that that the and, and I'm just going to say it the Netflix culture mm. has created a very um, subjective morality to mm. entertainment and what we're seeing is that just because it says kids does not mean it's for kids that's right and it may not always be something overt it may not be something you know um, perverted or those kind of things but that philosophy like if I'm training my children to tune into the voice of the Lord through prayer and and through reading the scripture and my children are being told about you know magic books and and mm. and 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 spirit guides and and those kind of things all within the context of a of a cartoon made for 3-year-olds or or 8-year-olds this, that's a a, a, a clash of worldviews. Yes. That's something going against the truth of that I find in the Word of God, and and what am I going to do about it? Am I going to be mm. the parent, or am I am I willing to make my child mad for a few minutes because I'm not going to let them watch that show because I'm going to take a little more control of it, or am I going to actually abdicate parenting to Netflix, parenting mm. to YouTube, parenting to to Disney, to these other things? And and I, I I'm not saying everything in those forums are bad. I'm saying you're the parent. God's called you to be the one that that trains them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You're the one that is responsible. You said this over breakfast recently. We were talking about leadership, and you said, not everything in the home is your fault, but as the leader of the home, everything's your responsibility. That's right. And God holds us accountable for what we're responsible for, um, just as much as he would what we actually is our fault, right? And so I think for us, if we can recognize that the buffet of the world says that everything's healthy and everything's good for you. Hmm. It doesn't matter if you pick the fried chicken or the green beans. It's all good. Calories don't matter, right? You can't do that with morality. We can't do that with righteousness. God has set us a standard. He says, this is the way that leads to life. And I've set before you death and life. Hmm. Choose this day, death or life. And Joshua said, as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. And I think that's where parents need to address the matters of entertainment. I'm not saying throw out the TV, throw out the iPad. I'm right. saying, say, what is bringing life to this, um, to my child? What's bringing life to our home versus what, what will eventually lead to death? And, and, and ask the Holy Spirit to give you discernment to know the difference between the two. That's right. You know, we, we, I don't think we realize the power that we have as parents in instilling values. I remember um, very early on, you know, we'll put it this way, we'll reverse engineer this. When, when, when my daughter became 18 and 19, she had this conviction. She said, I, I want my first kiss uh, to, to be at the altar, and I want it to be my husband. Well, where did she get that? Well, I instilled it in her. <laughs> 
I said, your first kiss better be at the altar. <laughs> no, I, I, but, but I did say, hey, that would be really cool. And I did it from a young age, you know, when she would see little princesses kissing or something like that. I'd say, hey, you know what? That's, that's something for, for, for a husband and wife. And so she, she caught on to it. She grabbed it and it became her own eventually, right? And, and Keith, I think it's important. We, we don't realize as parents, we are the most powerful instrument of influence mm. in our kid's life. And we got to use it as parents, parenting them and pushing them towards godliness. That's right. Not allowing the world or listen, even the church to raise them. There's, there's the enemies in the church too, Keith, and he puts a lot of things in the church that is meant to address that as well for the parents that would that, that would turn their kids over to the mm-hmm. church to raise. And so, um, so what what an awesome topic! I think maybe yes. we can probably have four or five ta- uh, parts to this. but yes. we're kind of out of time, aren't we? Yeah, we are out of time. The main thing is God has called you to be the parent of your children. He's called you to be the primary influence to lead them, to disciple them, to care for them, to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And it's our prayer that we've encouraged you to seek the Lord on how to do that well. And you know what? When you ask him to help, he will help. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. That's ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.